we're going to be talking about Agnes McPhail. She was elected to the House of Commons 100 years ago yesterday. And it was a significant moment in Canadian history. So here to tell us all about it, we have Joan Sangster, who is the author of several books about women's history and politics, and Vanier Professor Emeritus at Trent University. Joan, thank you so much for your time today. appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, a really remarkable Canadian. Um, looking forward to digging into her history a little bit and her impact on our country. But let's just start with... Agnes McPhail, uh, just tell us her background and how she ended up being the first female MP in our country. Sure. She grew up on a farm in uh, southwestern Ontario, fairly struggling farm, so she knew the difficulties of farm life. And she really wanted to represent farmers in Parliament. It's one of the reasons she got into um, politics. But she trained as a teacher, which was um, important to her. She wanted some kind of career. And then, just after World War I, got involved in the United Farmers of Ontario. And because of that involvement, she ran in her local riding in, for the 1921 election. Hmm. Um, and 1921, now, in terms of, uh, you know, trailblazing, uh, in, women had only been given the right to vote in this country, what, for, for two years at that time, two, three years? That's right. Um, most women got the vote uh, in 1918, and yeah. then in 1919 they passed legislation so women could run for Parliament as well. Um, now, she beat out 20 men running for the nomination um, in order to become the candidate. But even after that, the party still had some doubts and tried to encourage her not to jump into the race, right? That's absolutely right. She had a really tough uh, nomination process. But once she was victorious, the writing executive had her in and talked to her and suggested she might just resign or pull back. And she was not going to do that. She, that was not who Agnes McPhail was. <laughs> and she, uh, she said, no, she would run. And she did and got elected. Um, and her career, I think, you know, and you make the point, it seems to have one constant theme, fighting for the underdog, right? She was always invested in that. Absolutely. When she first got into Parliament, uh, she really wanted to represent farmers, although she did run on a farmer-labor platform or ticket. And she often spoke up about the difficulties of farm life and what she saw as the corporate interests, which were um, benefiting, unlike farmers were from the economy. But she increasingly became vocal, too, about workers' issues and workers' rights, um, visiting striking miners in Glace Bay in 1925, and then coming back to talk about the terrible conditions uh, there in Parliament. So she, she took on labour issues more and more, and social issues like pensions, for example, Prison reform. Prison reform, yeah. Yes. Prison reform was a really big cause, and she was very influential in that area, too. She was, particularly after her trip to Kingston Penitentiary, which was considered a little scandalous at the time, a woman going off to a men's prison, and then coming back and talking about the brutal punishment in that prison. So she was criticized for that, and um, she just kept on kept on with that, and then later on also became certainly an advocate for reform in, in women's prisons as well. Um, and and that, that was sort of 
I mean, that was her cause, was to sort of make the the lot of, you know, all Canadians better. And she really was effective in, in improving conditions for, as you say, workers and, and prisoners. She, she was actually really, really influential. She was, particularly around prison reform, because it was such a courageous stand. She was also... Uh, influential in terms of parliament and uh, helping in terms of getting pensions passed, divorce reform so that divorce could be sought equally by men and women. And she was very well known in the 1930s uh, for her stance on war and militarism. She became very involved in the peace movement and spoke out against militarism in Canada. And that too was not a popular cause at the time. She received a tremendous amount of criticism from fellow MPs who accused her of you know, not being patriotic or loyal enough. But again, she kept on with that. Yeah, uh, remarkable. How long did her political career last? How long was she involved? Well, after she was defeated um, as an MP, she did some other things, and then she was elected for East York as a provincial MPP okay. for the CCF. Uh, in Ontario, and she served in that in the Ontario legislature as well. You know, and when you take a look at anybody who's involved in history going back a hundred years, there's always controversy based on um, what was quite prominent at the time. And she also has some of that in her background. Talking about eugenics, now she wasn't a leader on that front as some of the other um, politicians of the day were, but she certainly um, came out in support of it, didn't she? She did. Um, I actually have seen very little that she said about it. Um, somebody found a quote for me from the United Farmers of Ontario where she supported it. So, no, she was not one of the leaders, and there really was a range of opinion on eugenics among all the population, and feminists too. But, like many people, she fell uh, prey to those mm-hmm. ideas, which we now find quite uh, abhorrent. Um, and she was the first to appear on the tent, first female to appear on a Canadian currency, correct, other than the Queen? That's right, yes. And this was a commemorative $10 bill uh, in 2017. Great story. Joan, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Nice to talk to you. That's Joan Sangster, who is author of several books about women's history and politics and Vanier Professor Emeritus at Trent University. And yeah, Agnes McVale, 100 years ago yesterday, she... uh, Well, she broke the glass ceiling of the day, I guess, becoming the first female federal MP in Canada's history. And doing so only two or three years after women were given the right to vote in this country, if you can believe it or not, given the right to vote, won the right to vote, I think is a better way of putting it. Um, And she, uh, as you heard, she beat out, I think it was 24 men were competing for the nomination of her party in that election. She beat them. She won. And even then, when she was the duly elected candidate for the party, um, party leadership came to her and said, you know what, we just don't think a woman can win. Can you can you rethink this? Do you think maybe there's something else you could do? And she said no. And she ran in the general election, and she won that too.